Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. People of the US, great news. The Formula One Circus is coming to Miami this weekend. And we've got everything you need to know on P1 with Matt and Tommy, the Formula One podcast from Stack. It doesn't matter if you're an F1 veteran or hardly watch a race. If you want a fun breakdown of the biggest stories from this weekend's race, we've got you covered. Join us for previews and reaction episodes from practice, qualifying and the race itself, plus our full driver rankings podcast early next week. You'll be armed with enough info to make you look like a bona fide expert when the race rolls back around next year, or at least when you see your friends next week. Search P1 with Matt and Tommy in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week in the red corner, the fact that her husband can't stop time travelling is driving poor Rachel McAdams, Eric Bananas. Will True Love find a way, or will she hate being stuck in Quantum Leap the movie? From 2009, we're talking the time traveller's wife. While in the blue corner, more McAdams this week, as she's coerced into a relationship with Donald Gleason's time-travelling one-percenter, as Richard Curtis throws up a lot of tricky questions in 2013's About Time. I did something. It was hard and you won't like it. What did you do? You won't like it. Well, then why'd you do it? To stop us from fighting. We're fighting? Why? Well, just once, one time. Could you, could you tell me the answer to something I'm asking you? You wouldn't get it anyway. Secret, or would you rather find it out for yourself like I did? Oh, Christ, there's another secret. Less dramatic, much more important. The real mothership. Oh, go on. Tell me. Let's save some time. And so he told me his secret formula for happiness. So it's a time-travelling tussle with a serving of a double McAdams and Cheese this week. But which film will be victorious? Let's find out. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Putters. I was with you in the meadow. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> Get 
I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. <laughs> oh, and that is your lot for this week. Uh, Chris is doing his other job today, which is taking the doors off fridges and junkyards to make sure they're safe for kids to play in. <laughs> This is, what? <laughs> this is a job. Did you not know? No, I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He travels around there, scrapyards, junkyards. If he finds a fridge there, he'll just uh, unscrew the hinges on the door, take it completely off. Yeah. So uh, kids can't get trapped in Journalism there. doesn't pay what it did, no, I guess. Not anymore. Not anymore. But he loves it. He loves it. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> Importantly, he loves it. He's, yeah. uh, he's a guardian angel uh, for kids and uh, fridges. Fridges. Uh, also, I believe he realised this pair was coming up. Yeah. He moved it in the schedule, yeah. He did, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, I just, I didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. And so he got in there first with this whole nonsense. Oh, I need the day off that week. (laughs) So Muggins here has to do this pair. Um, There was a moment, uh, you might have been doing this show on your own, though. Really? I did consider it. Really? Feigning illness. (laughs) You want me to monologue my way through it? I mean, because we can pretend this pairing of the time traveller's wife versus about time... Uh, if you're new to the show, we're doing Time Traveller's Wife today. We'll be doing About Time on Thursday. Uh, this pairing, even though it's Chris's choices this week, yeah. let's let's be clear, these are your babies. These were my choices. Why? Yeah. So, years ago, this is a long time. I saw these films roughly when they came out, I think. And around that time, so Rachel McAdams had like done the double, and I'd never thought about it, but it's like, why are women not able to time travel? And then, because Rachel McAdams was unable to time travel twice, it just pushed me over the edge. And then the conversation about consent in time travel comedies, where the man characters use time travel, or a time loop, or repetition, or however it's like gussied up, to either evade or circumnavigate consent, and they're not punished for it, I find that, as a cultural phenomenon, really interesting. No, not, not judgy, but a bit like, wow, I can't believe it's a thing. Mm. And it is a thing. And about time is 10 years ago. That's not that long ago. No, it's not. This isn't 90s. We're and not I even found, talking so noughties. I've got some brilliant quotes from Richard Curtis about how it's a fantasy for him. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, oh, Richard. All right. Fine. All right. We're getting ahead of ourselves. That is Thursday. Uh, so the clue Chris gave on last week's show was a fucking disaster because <laughs> he hadn't written one. He already no. had one for out the door. He couldn't wait to get away. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I liked watching him do it, though. Yeah, so it was. he looked at his he watch and went, his watch. oh, I can't read my watch. <laughs> and that was it. Um, but he did follow that up on Twitter with two movies, one star. Great. Which is good. Yeah. Which is good. And I was almost ready to say, well done, Chris. I was almost ready to, to start saying, this is unbelievable. He's managed to have one terrible clue and still... We only had one correct guess, the perfect number of guesses in his guess system. Yeah. We had two. Oh, okay. We had two. Uh, but before I tell you that, uh, we are on Twitter where the guesses arrived. They time travelled onto our Twitter at ClashPod. We're also on Instagram at ClashPod. And if you do fancy a little bit of extra Clash of the Visual variety free of charge, then why not check out our Clash of the Titles YouTube channel and subscribe with some of the best bits of clashing from over the years. So the guesses... Uh, congratulations, first of all, to Rosie. Where is your name? Rosie Maranto. Maranto. Oh, God. Sorry, Rosie. I wrote it on the tube because you literally you got your guessing when I was on the tube. So apologies for that. But congrats to our winner, our longtime listener, Gemma Page. Yeah. Gemma Page. <laughs> uh, well done, Gemma. For your prize this week, we've collected all the unnecessary pauses from every Bill Nighy line delivery in about time (laughs) and put them in a jar for you. So at any point, you can just use them. Sorry, sorry, some seem to have leaked out. 
just... It's Bill Nye, he dialed up to 11 in yep. that movie. Thank God, though. <laughs> <laughs> do you think so? I do, actually, yeah. It, it takes a while for it to, for it to get used to the pace. I just, I just, it's one of the few movies where I'm like, how have you made me not love Bill Nye? Oof, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Again, Thursday, Thursday. Right then, shall we do the connection section? Rachel McAdams and Charm Travel. She now does she get she gets proposed to twice obviously in bed in bed in bed yeah what's that all about mm, yeah I know she's not she's passive even in that regard yeah. madness yep uh, Rachel McAdams has conservative parents she does mm. yeah very good mm. she has a baby with a time traveller sure weddings yep. in both yeah mm. they're very similar children's birthday parties in fact I think there's dead children in both. Dead children mm. were... Oh, I mean, yeah, the, the, obvi- not, the not bowing one or whatever it is. In About Time. Oh, and then the multiple miscarriages. The multiple miscarriages in... Time Traveller's Wife. And then there's the... Well, I think Donald Gleason's character, Tim, de-exists a child in it About does. Time. Right, okay, yes, good. Does. Right, yeah. Right. So dead children. Lovely. <laughs> Great. So on Thursday, V is going to be talking Richard Curtis and About Time 2, which means today I'm taking time travel and mowage to the next level. Let me take you on a journey. Henry is having one of those days. He's in a car crash. He sees his mum die twice, vanishes into thin air, finds out he can time travel, meets his older self who then disappears in front of him. After this, adult Henry does what anyone would do, spends Christmas alone drinking whiskey and eating egg and chips, which in all honesty sounds like the best Christmas ever. (laughs) But no sooner can you say, poor me, interrupting this is Claire, who enters Henry's life and explains that he's been grooming her to be his wife since she was a child and he was naked in some bushes. Claire doesn't realise what a number he's done on her until he has a secret vasectomy. (laughs) And then she decides to cheat on him with a younger version of himself proving how bonkers time travel movies can be. They then have a time travelling daughter, at which point Henry dies after being mistaken for a deer. (laughs) True! True! (laughs) Clash bonus! For your consideration, the time traveller's wife. Amazing! Oh, what an ending! Can't wait to get there. What's a fucking ending to this movie? <laughs> oh, uh, so uh, I'll start. I've never seen this before. Histories with this movie. Our histories with this movie. Never seen it before uh, because, as you may imagine, uh, not on your list. Not my, not my tempo. <laughs> Not my tempo. It's not my tempo. It's not. Uh, so if nothing else, thank you uh, for filling in a gap on my movie CV. You are so welcome. Yeah. I've only seen it once. Mm. Same with both of them. Saw them once. They made me furious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I also... I thought um, you said... Did you not stop? I go, no judgment. No judgment. No judgment. But also, do you know what? So I, I saw them uh, and now my personal circumstances are changed. And so I did have a different reaction to both of them. Which okay. is just growing up, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't read the book either. The book is not my thing, so. Why is it not your thing? Because it's um, a romantic novel. Romantic big... novel that's a massive smash and everyone reads it. Not my tempo at all. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, my cat. I'm, I'm borrowing. You can't, we can't both say not my tempo. I didn't do the hand. Yeah, I did. I can't yeah, do the hand. Yeah. I'm not a very physical person. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I'll just fuck it up. I won't be able to do it properly. <laughs> all right, then. Let me tell you a little bit about this movie. It's based on the 2003 novel that everyone read that Vicky hates. Uh, yep. Without reading, yep. uh, by Audrey Niffenegger, which was optioned even before it was published by the then Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston owned the Plan B Entertainment. Um, so she wrote the book because she was frustrated with love, and she began it, and it was a metaphor 
for her failed relationships. And believe it or not, uh, if you're a fan of the book, which I, I believe you are, massive, yeah. uh, she is currently writing a sequel, uh, which will focus on Henry and Claire's daughter, Alba. Mm-hmm. As an adult, she finds herself mm-hmm. in love with two different men, Zach, a normal man, <laughs> and Oliver, a musician and fellow time traveller. Great. Mm-hmm. And that is due out this very year. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well, we can read thingy it this this episode what's it called mm-hmm. replay <laughs> no i want you to i want you to work it out we can do what we can um put a link on the twitter to it. <laughs> is that right i mean it sort of there is a quicker way of saying it but sure do you know what's happened so it's kind of because i'm now older, vicky doesn't do social media i don't do social media so what i get to do now because i'm an old lady is like at work today i was like do you know what i haven't checked our socials because i don't do social media and it's come full circle because i'm older no one goes well you should do you idiot for your job <laughs> Social media. You on Twitter? Yeah, I'm Twitter. Yeah. Great, great. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do that yeah. when the sequel comes out. Um, <laughs> I think it's called Two Husbands or something. Brilliant. Yeah, great. Snappy. Uh, so back to this movie. Jeremy Levan is hired to adapt it. He's written The Legend of Bagger Vance and The Notebook, so this was definitely in his wheelhouse. Uh, he'd go on to write a movie that we absolutely need to do on this podcast, Real Steel. The Hugh Jackman fighty robot movie. Oh, yeah, you like that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it would work with robot jocks, which still isn't available. But Mm -hmm. when we do that, we're not doing it with Real Steel. We're doing it with Rocky IV, no matter how much of a protest Chris puts up. Anyway, Steven Spielberg, David Fincher and Gus Van Sant are all interested in the project, although eventually it's flight plan director Robert Schwenke, who sits in the director's chair... Another movie we need to do, Flight Plan. I like Flight Plan. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot that pairs with that. Yeah. And also he directed RAPD, which I oh, yeah, think golf. we should do yeah. for a live show. Okay. It's <laughs> ridiculous enough. Uh, so, at this point, the script is rewritten by Bruce Joel Rubin, and this is his fifth film mm. we've covered on the pod. Oh, God. Do you want to... This no, is, I'm no, this is, the, this, is, this is the real quiz. <laughs> This is the real quiz. Oh god, he's just—he only does big stuff. So no, don't, don't, don't. Don't look me. at my notes. I Sorry, saw I you. It, Jacob's Ladder, Ghost, Sleeping with the Enemy, uncredited, and the worst verdict in the history of the show, courtesy of you and Chris, when Deep Impact beat Armageddon. He wrote Deep Impact. Oh, of course he did. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I always remember the Jacob's Ladder Ghost, and then I always think he'd stopped doing everything, <laughs> but he didn't. He no, continued working. He did. He did. So casting wise. Um, Audrey Niffenegger's dream pairing uh, was Lara, uh, Lauren Ambrose as Claire. Uh, she is the mum. Have you watched the Apple TV Plus show The Servant, M. Night Shyamalan? No. Okay, well, she's the mum in that. And her perfect Henry in mm. her mind, mm. her visual imagining of this movie in her mind, mm-hmm. Adrian Brody. Okay. Just not Eric Banner, I guess. (laughs) He's not good. (laughs) No. He's not good. Leave him alone. I just love the fact that they're like, what? I love movie shorthand, even though it's of its time for like good guy, which is sneakers, sweater. (laughs) And he's always wearing double layers because it's it's just like rom com good guy, double layers. Mm. Love that. Uh, You touched on this earlier. Do you want to know the best fact? Uh, this is one of not two, but four time travel movies where Rachel McAdams is the partner of a time traveller and yet doesn't ever get to time travel herself. So do we count the vow because she's lost her memory? Is it like, no. it's that, that for me is in the mix because it's like the amnesia thing. Right, and Chuck it in there, it's five, but you still have another two to get. Obviously about time and the time traveller's wife, there's two more. Is there really? Hmm? No, I don't know them. Uh, Midnight in Paris. Oh God, of course. Owen Wilson and Doctor Strange. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. 
Okay, well, you're off the hook then, but that was the real quiz. So when we start doing the quiz again, that yeah. counts. Do you feel better for having not done the quiz? I was going to ask you this, like a little evaluation process. How do you feel personally for having not done the quiz for a few weeks? I do feel a bit lighter, like less stressed. I don't know because what we've replaced it with, Chris's clash question. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't remember reading the text the first week no. so I didn't or really... any subsequent week <laughs> well <laughs> so... last week I, you didn't remember either because no. he didn't even message us he just said it when we were drunk and then <laughs> expected us to just have done it so uh, it's been two disastrous weeks uh, there was also a Time Traveller's Wife TV series yes. on HBO mm. uh, last year it developed and written by Doctor Who's Stephen Moffat oh I didn't know that yeah Oh, I know, amazing. Good for him. Yeah. Cancelled after one series uh, and weirdly has exactly the same rating on Rotten Tomatoes as this film of 38%. Oh, it's not, not high. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> right, shall we get into this? Yes, please. Oh, are you excited? I am excited, yes. Oh, all right. Henry de Tamble. Do you like that name? No. I thought you liked names that suggested something about the character because he tambles through time. He tambles, <laughs> give up. I like it's it's just it's sort of French enough to be attractive. Yeah. Is that what they're thinking? It possibly doesn't suit Eric Banner, but yeah. No. <laughs> it would suit Adrian Brody a lot more. He could pull that off. <laughs> I mean it's a hard part to play anyway, isn't it? Like the bushes thing. Carry on. Yeah. Go ahead. We're not, don't go too early on the bushes. The bushes. We've got to get there. We've got to get there. We've got to build up to that. So he has a bad night. Car crash. Mum dies. Finds out he can time travel, but can't control it. Big first three minutes of this movie. Definitely. And it's indicative of the time, all the time travellers in this film, which is Henry and his daughter, they just wreck people's lives all the time without thought. So <laughs> you're young Henry, you're watching your mum burn to death and your older self appears. And if your brain can cope with that, children are very resilient. Maybe they can, but it's like, there's nothing you can do. And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> like, he's, was he six or something? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you good? Because yeah. I'm off. I've got to go. I'm off. And rather than sort of sneak off and vanish, I'm going to vanish in front of you. <laughs> yeah. uh, so have that trauma. And also, is it his? Is it Henry's fault? And I say this without having read the book, and I'm sure there's much more detail about it, but his mum has a chance to maybe move the car when that truck is coming towards the car, but she's like, "For holy fuck, my son is disappearing. Mm. Smash. So is it his fault? Uh, if it is, it's never addressed in this film. That's right. Like many other things yeah. that are just sort of brushed <laughs> aside rather than deal with some major major issues. Yeah. Uh, it's the only time we see Henry with child Henry, older Henry with child Henry in the film. In the book, uh, what the film's done is actually transplant a lot of this to when he's dealing with Alba, but he teaches young Henry lockpicking. Mm -hmm. They travel in time together. He teaches him a lot of skills to prepare yep. him for a life, but that's not in the movie. Uh, as if being unable to control time travel wasn't enough, you have to do it naked. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what, right, it's, on it, the one hand. It's only there because it, every scrape he gets into requires him to be naked. I think like, he, his life would be ten times easier yeah. if he didn't have to time travel naked. Well, I think... Well, Frostbite. Like, getting shot. Getting he'd be able to stand up and go, sorry, I'm here. He's, he gets shot at the end because he's too embarrassed to stand up because he's naked. <laughs> what we've got here is two films. Like, one that pays maybe too much attention to the presupposed rules of time travel and one which pays fuck all attention to the rules of time travel because it is a thing you know why do ghosts wear clothes did their clothes die with them so time travelers really shouldn't be able to wear clothes sorry I've never heard that before I've what? Heard, yeah that's a thing did their clothes die yeah, with you know, no I'm, you mean the, did, did they die in that outfit yeah, and but, that's why they have yes, to haunt us in that outfit yeah. clothes are never alive they're never alive so why, why, would, why are ghosts not naked kind of thing like why do they get their clothes why do you sound disappointed by that <laughs> 
but what I mean is, good old, you know, yes, your clothes can't travel with you. That makes perfect sense. But I just wish, I wish maybe we didn't stick to so meticulously to the rules because it makes the whole thing, right, A, really daft, like mm. you said, he just pops up naked all the time. But also the consent issue and the, the appearing in front of a naked, uh, sorry, appearing naked in front of a six-year-old is g- ginormously challenging. And I just wish that it wasn't there. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I get that. I mean, he, she, I don't think she ever sees him naked. He, he, it doesn't matter. Right. We, we, we know he's naked. <laughs> yeah, yep, got you. Matter. Anyway, adult Henry, oh, he's hit the sauce, whiskey and ketchup with his egg and chips. Lovely. Not a bad Christmas. Not a bad <laughs> No cooking. No arguments over Pictionary. Yep. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I was jealous. <laughs> I didn't mind it. Yeah, mm. it looked peaceful. So let's meet Claire. Um, I will say this is the first time in this movie so far where I've gone, Okay, I think I might be into this a little bit. And it's to do with your favourite thing about any performance. Rachel McAdams face acting when she first sees Henry in the library. Chef's kiss. Yeah, good. I mean, this is the thing. She lifts this material, I would say. And similarly in About Time. Like, thank God for her. It's a such a shame. (laughs) You don't think so? Not not in About Time. Not in About Time. But there is no one. I don't think there is a living actor <laughs> who could lift that material and what she is required to do. I love Kate Moss. Why? Ah, Why? Uh, because she's friends with Richard Curtis. <laughs> I think is the answer. Oh, I can't wait for that. I know what grown woman. I mean, it's just ludicrous. I yeah, think I am. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a reader for a literary agency. Oh wow. So do you maybe idolise you know some of the great female uh, authors of our? Of, yeah. No, 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 no. Kate Moss. And, and how is that represented on screen? Because you dre- no, you don't dress like Kate Moss. No. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what, is, what, what is that? What is it? Just say something weird about being naked on a beach or something, which is inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Weird. There, so there, weird. Her informal early pictures, it's like, aren't just pictures, aren't all pictures taken early in someone's <laughs> life, model's life before they're a model? In, informal? What's the, what's your, I mean, I guess a school photo is formal. <laughs> I do think, though, now maybe it's in the book, but she's like, I'm Claire, I'm, I'm Claire Absher. And it's like, who are you, Claire Absher? What are you as a person? So we do this later, like she's an artist, but the film or the book or both hasn't bothered to tell us what kind of art she does, apart from she needs a lot of room for her art. So she needs a studio, but it's like, why? She needs him to uh, cheat someone out of the lottery, basically, yeah. to yeah. afford a studio for her. Because that is the first thing he does when he gets in that house. He runs straight and goes, there, there's your fucking studio that you have been banging on about. Yeah. I am yeah. dealing with being unable to stop time travelling, but there yeah. you go. Yeah. Have a studio in the garage. You're happy now? For no. your art. No, for your I'm art. Not. I just find that, I think film audiences can call people like, oh, it's sculpture, oh, it's oils, oh, it's whatever. I know fuck all about art, but I did not appreciate just being told I'm an artist mm-hmm. and that'll do. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so... This meeting throws up the first moment where, and I don't enjoy this about time travel movies because it takes me out of the movie because I'm like, wait, what? Hang on. How does that work? So she says, we've been planning this dinner for a long time. And he says, have we? And I'm like, wait, how does he not know? Mm. What is the order of things that have happened? Now, to do the movie at service, I'm sure someone smarter than me has worked this out. I'm not. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But I'm just like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because then she simultaneously says, when I'm older, you'll travel back to when I'm a little girl. And I'm like, Mm. and yet he doesn't know that he's going to meet you. It's just, I'm thinking about it too much. You are, yeah. I think maybe it kind of gets us around the consent thing because he is propelled to visit her by a six-year-old, as a six-year-old, because she's given him permission to do it. But it's a self 
referential loop, isn't it? Like, he doesn't remember having done it, therefore he hasn't done it, therefore she shouldn't be standing in front of him right. having had it happen. And that is exactly what I didn't like about it, because yeah. it makes me feel stupid. No, he's not being stupid, you just, but you just got to let it wash over you a little bit. Like um, I did. I did. I was way, way more concerned with what a buzzkill she is. By the way, um, Henry, you can't drink anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bigger buzzkill than Buzz Killington. <laughs> That's kept me going. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that makes you time travel. Of course, it does. But of course, you haven't. You haven't lived with me in the future. Decided that I drink too much, and decided at this first meeting you're going to go. By the way, it's uh, the drinking thing. Whoa, that's the cause of the time. I think the trouble with the city. She's like, Doctor Kendrick will tell, tell you later. You mustn't drink this. Oh, Doctor Kendrick sounds really useful. Doctor Kendrick does zero. Nothing. It does nothing for well, him. What do you expect from Ned Ryerson? <laughs> I know, I love seeing it. That first one's a doozy. (laughs) Do that. Do that. Uh, So, no more whiskey and egg and chips for our man Henry. Uh, So they go back to his, McSweet Love, and he says, here we go, tell me again how we meet. Cue, in a time travel movie, a flashback, which is mad. It is mad. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? He time travels. You don't need a flashback in a time travel movie. He could just go, hang on, I'll just pop off there, I guess. Yeah, I never thought of that. (sighs) So... Here we go. A naked man in a bush with a child. Mm-hmm. He tells the child how beautiful she'll be in the future. Nope. Tells her he'll be back again lots of times. <laughs> tells her to bring him clothes that her father won't miss. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to start unpacking Please the dialogue. It. In the, Bruce wrote this and he went, that's fine. I know. I mean, it must be in the book, but it's so difficult to think that it's ever okay maybe in the US the, the it's a common cliche to go oh, you know oh I can't walk alone and I'll get dragged into the bushes the the whole cl- the thing of being dragged into it's always bushes isn't it like I won't get dragged into a service station or I won't get dragged into a bus stop or a van or a van yeah, yeah I'll get dragged into a van that's I mean maybe that's very US I don't know but the the fact that it's a bush you're just like no that's not good the fact that he even says she's like should I get my mom no 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 don't get your mom it's like because your, your mom will fucking kill you the whole thing is like like, I have secrets that only you and I Yeah, it was grooming. Can. Yeah. That's just classic grooming. And that's why it's just an uncomfortable... Don't tell anyone, yeah. ...comfortable <laughs> thing. Don't tell your dad, I need some clothes. Yeah. Get me some clothes, but don't tell him. It's just really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird scene. Although I will say this, on the other side, I do understand this book was fucking massive and this you know this idea that they've known each she's known him forever is part of that appeal and i do understand that it's kind of catnip that you've got this one person who knows you perfectly and you're you know you're you're entwined in that way you're supposed to be together which is why everybody read this book because Mm. it's thought of as like that's the most romantic thing in the world Mm. maybe it's harder when you see it on screen you're like it's just a naked man in the bushes but it's also the fact and we'll come to it in greater detail, but it's this idea and the question that if he had not travelled back to that moment and said that to her, mm. would she have ended up with him? No. Because about time, Richard Curtis, because he's Richard Curtis, has a very clever, if clumsy, line where at the very start, Tim says, it turns out no amount of... <coughs> Let me put on my Hugh Grant voice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Right, who do you have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit? <laughs> oh, I've got a lot of that. <laughs> uh, Tim says, 
Um, it turns out no amount of time travel can make someone fall in love with you. Done. Yeah. Bang. You've said that this would have happened regardless of the time travel, that relationship in about time. Here, yeah. we don't have that. And she actually calls him out. And she goes, I never had a fucking choice, mate. Yeah. Because he groomed her. That's the thing. And then, But then the trouble is, because she's such a nothing person as written... You just end up thinking, if you'd had free will at any point, what would you have done with it, Claire? To be honest, this is probably the best thing for you <laughs> to be told what to do. Yeah, because there's that, again, another weird line later where her dad, Philip, says to Henry, <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh, you didn't do a very good job of preparing Claire for the real world. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. I've not seen that on screen. What are you talking about, Philip? Yeah, it's such a shame we don't go further with that. That might be, I can't remember what my change is. That might be my change. Like, is this girl who's grown up spouting nonsense about time travellers, her family are like, oh, she can't really cope with the real world, and then it turns out to be true. Yeah. And she's lived a really privileged life. She's minted as well. Like Her family are minted. Sure. So what is this artist who's minted, who's not ready for the real world? Oh, we won't deal with that at all. Like All she wants to do is bear a child. That's who <laughs> she is. <laughs> So, he vanishes in front of little Claire. Uh, traumatic, but she's fine. She's absolutely fine. Back now, and she finds some lipstick in his cabinet. This is kind of an unnecessary scene in the movie. It's a hangover from the book. In the book, it's quite interesting, actually. It belongs to a person who he hasn't split up with ages ago, but yeah. quite recently called Ingrid. And he split up with her because he travelled in time and witnessed her die. And so he didn't so like that. got rid of her? Apparently, yeah. Wow, okay. I, I, think the dub, I did the my due diligence without <clears throat> reading the tome. No, no, don't read it. That is that book. Don't read it. Um, the trouble, I think, this and this is this Eric Banner's thing, or is it just as it's written? She's like, oh, I'm really struggling. I see the lipstick. And she's like, you know, I just know you as this really mature person. Mm. It's like, they're identical. <laughs> like, can you actually tell the difference between old I Henry see. and young yeah. Henry? Like, yeah, one's got grey hair. That, yeah. But in terms of their personality, no, they're no. the same, aren't they? No. So I don't really know what she's struggling with. Mm. Well, she takes him to meet her friends, Gomez and Sharice. Let's park Sharice because she has literally nothing no, no to, to do, do no. in this film. No. But Gomez immediately starts negging Claire. She, <laughs> she, she can't cook. She can't even make toast, mate. You're like, have you just read the game? But again. Do you think he's jealous then? In the book. Oh, is it? Okay. He has an affair with Claire. Right. Uh, well, not an affair. He sleeps with her while Henry's not yet met her, but she, like not yet. They're not together as adults, but okay. she's met him. And then he's always been in love with her, which I think you can see from the performance here, which makes me wonder whether there was a, an entire plot strand cut out because I think the performance makes you think, oh my God, Gomez fancies Claire. Yeah. And in the book, he sleeps with Claire, even though he's got three kids with Sharice. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Makes you kind of want to read the book. A though. little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Henry uh, takes a sneak peek. Oh, God. Henry takes a sneak peek at Claire's journal, which is terrifying because it's child's pictures <laughs> of him as a knight and her as a princess. That's grooming for you. That is grooming for you. That's what you want, isn't it? I've done my good grooming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gomez uh, sees Henry beating up a homophobe. Uh, because Henry's a, a good guy in this I mean, scene. This, it, could be, it could be my squeamishness about stuff like this, or it could be because it's of its time, or it could be both. But if you see your friend's new boyfriend kicking the shit out of someone, even if they're a homophobe, I think that's a reason to be like, I don't really think you should be seeing my friend anymore. Like, it's quite, it's very violent. Oh, you mean when Gomez goes back to Claire, he's yeah. like, he's a time traveller, yeah. where he should be saying... Like he's just had a big fight in an he's alley. very violent. <laughs> he's really violent. He has massive anger issues. Yeah, so, uh, you would, a normal person would. I do enjoy the fact that Gomez asks, uh, what would be my first question upon finding out someone is a time traveller? 
Do I go bald in the future? Oh, I, do. I miss that. <laughs> that. That would be my first question. Because <laughs> you bought me, I mean, you appreciate what I appreciate, which is yeah. it's the hair, mm-hmm. because you bought me a wonderful uh, hair product. I bought you some serum. Some serum. Yep. I haven't yet to use it. It's really good stuff. Is it? Yeah, it's re- I, I use it myself. I looked it up online. Yep. Yeah, it is good stuff. You get some good reviews, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Great reviews. It's a, it's a wonder product. Yeah, yeah. We won't name it unless they were <laughs> Unless it was sent as a free Sponsor free the show, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, Claire says to Gomez when he reveals that Henry's a time traveller I've known for a very long time. Specifically leaving out that he visited her naked in a bush when she was six. <laughs> I feel that's intentional because how do you gloss that up? Yeah. How, do you, how do you make that seem okay? Yeah, what does a good friend say to you in that situation? Shall we meet Henry's parents? Uh, mum on the subway, fine. Uh, dad's having a drink. Uh, I think the mum on the subway bit is like, it's of its time. But the maybe uh, Bruce Rubin doesn't know. Like If you are confronted by a man on the tube who's sharing very personal information and is quite scary, <laughs> you will say more or less anything to avoid a confrontation. So, you know, she doesn't know that's her son and all the rest of it. The scene is meant to come off as super sweet because she gives him, like, love advice, but all I see is a terrified woman who's like, I really hope you get off at the next stop. Yep. That's all I see. He's a big strapping man, Banner. Yeah, and he's yeah. Well, he just says inappropriate stuff to a stranger. And leans in. He leans in, he leans yeah, in. Don't lean in. Don't scare your mum. Uh, Dad, meanwhile, is having a drink... Um, it's a bit heavy-handed, the script here. I guess it's supposed to be because Dad is drunk and a mean drunk. The performance doesn't strike me as being that drunk, but he says things like, you never knew your mum to his son. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who'd marry you? Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a lot. But it gives Henry mum's engagement ring, which Henry puts on Claire's finger while she's asleep. <laughs> How is the first thing that she says upon waking up? You, you, you know you should ask. Yeah, get off my hand. But it is interesting, isn't it? Because it's this thing. He knows they're going to end up together. So in his mind, doesn't even need to ask anymore. I know. And the most sickening scene in, that I've seen for a long time in anything where he's like, will you marry me? She's like, no, joking. <laughs> She's like, I just wanted to see what it would feel like what to, to have your own mind. But that's what she, she actually says, the words, I wanted to know what it would feel like to have free will. Because I don't. <laughs> but I can't because you did such a good job when I was six. And also, but in both films, pet peeve, just got to telegraph it just for anyone else who feels like this. Obviously, Rachel McAdams is stunning and women in these films are forced to sleep and wake beautifully. And that's why Bridesmaids is so perfect. That first scene in Bridesmaids where she puts on full <laughs> face of makeup and then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I've just woken up. No normal person sleeps like that. And the waking up, the, most people wake up, and I do definitely, it's like, where the fuck am I? What has happened? You know, you have to situate yourself, don't no, you? No, not most normal people. It's <laughs> kind of specific. You need to situate yourself in yourself, I find. But she's just like, her eyelids flutter up and she's like, oh, goodness, oh, Henry... <laughs> I don't know that many people listening to this are going to go, I, I totally understand. I Let's see. <laughs> Clash question for Wednesday. Chris will put it on Twitter. Do every time you wake up, do you need to go, who am I? Where am I? I who think, are you? Right, A, there's the obvious reason. Who's we'll, she? We will, <laughs> yeah, well, hello. <laughs> One of them, was it? <laughs> what's, what's that? It's, it's an old Yellow Pages advert. When he's at the party and he needs someone to... Oh, yeah. A French polisher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. A, our room, my room, uh, we have the blackout shutters, so it's, it's completely dark. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very deep sleeper. So when I wake up, I do not know where I am or what I am. 
Okay. And then the other reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. We're going to meet Claire's parents after this break. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. People of the US, great news. The Formula One Circus is coming to Miami this weekend and we've got everything you need to know on P1 with Matt and Tommy, the Formula One podcast from Stack. It doesn't matter if you're an F1 veteran or hardly watch a race. If you want a fun breakdown of the biggest stories from this weekend's race, we've got you covered. Join us for previews and reaction episodes from practice, qualifying and the race itself, plus our full driver rankings podcast early next week. You'll be armed with enough info to make you look like a bona fide expert when the race rolls back around next year, or at least when you see your friends next week. Search P1 with Matt and Tommy in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. So, time to meet Claire's parents. Lot of oddness in this section. I mean, we don't really get to know Claire's parents. That was, in fact, me saying, let's meet Claire's parents was almost an overstatement. Yeah, I also, I'm curious, do people say life's a hunt? Nope. Nope. Life's a hunt. <laughs> was it a play on con without going there? Like, No, I don't, no. Think, I don't think it is. He, he literally says, you know what they say. Yep. Life's a hunt. Who? Never heard that Who before. Who says that? No, I don't What know. are you talking about? <laughs> so this whole hunting conversation is only there to set up the end. Yes. There's no other reason. So he basically says to Henry, do you hunt? And he's like, no. He's like, you should come on one. Yep. He's like, oh, I will. Um, <laughs> he doesn't, uh, as far as the film's Until concerned. Until he does. He, uh, is his dad, her dad at the end? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Henry's not with him. No, but he's, but, in, he's involved in the hunt in, in a material way. Yeah, he's not a hunter. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he's mistaken for a deer. Yeah, yeah, oh. so good. So Henry disappears on their wedding day. Old Henry fills in at the ceremony with grey hair before dark-haired Henry makes an appearance at the dance. If you're a guest at that wedding, you're literally going, the groom between the ceremony and the dance dyed his hair and had some Botox and filler. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. Good for him. <laughs> you think vain, vain. It's like, do it for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, thankfully, all the guests uh, were clearly distracted by the worst wedding band in the world. Oh, what song are they? Oh, they're playing Joy Division, aren't they? They're playing Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart, which I argue isn't the best wedding song. No, and it's especially really not. not this cover of it, which is atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I, 
I get it because they're being torn apart in are the they? film. Like, are they? I guess. I mean, physically, they're being torn apart. I suppose. It's it's it's, it's a bit of a downer. It's a downer. It's a downer. All uh, right. <sighs> a lot to unpack here. They go to the hotel room, <laughs> and he doesn't get to have sex because he gets too excited. Jumping up and down on I the bed. I can't cope with this <laughs> at all. I can't cope with it. I can't cope with it on film. The uh, Who <laughs> fucking has ever done that? Why have you written that? Oh, you're just like children. Don't don't go near that because we've had too much of that already. Are you trying to connect with each other as kids? Gross, because of the way that you met. I just, I just hate it. It's so awful. If anyone you knew ever did that or told you they'd done that, Unfriend. Mm. I just, it's just the weirdest moment. Because you think they look at the they're, bed. They look at the bed. You're like, oh, good for you. Okay, it's your wedding yeah, night. Yeah. Fine. Uh, no. Jumpy, <laughs> <laughs> jumpy. What? what is, and she, I think he's enjoying it more. <laughs> like when you were kids. Like when you were a kid. <laughs> oh, it's so upsetting. This is bad. Also, I am unclear because the film is unclear. What causes? Henry to time travel. Yeah. In the book, it is when he gets excited. In the film, it appears initially to be trauma. Then it appears to be drunkenness. Then mm-hmm. it appears stress. to be excitement. Stress is another one that yeah. comes into it. It's just pick a lane. Yeah, I agree. I just don't. I don't know because in this moment, you know, he was getting excited. I don't know how they were going to ever have sex. Ah, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. He's gone. God, you'd be so annoyed, wouldn't you? <laughs> Could you ju- just have a few more seconds for fuck's sake? I can't control it, baby. Seems you've controlled your part of it. Very fucking handy. See you in two weeks, bastards. I got excited. <laughs> so, he comes back on their wedding night and he uses the film's most often used catchphrase of weird... I was with you in the meadow. <laughs> so on their wedding night, they were just about to have sex mm. and he's, he's vanished yeah. to be with a child. So already that cut in a movie, quite weird. Yes. About to have sex, now with a child. Yeah. Again, weird. Bad. But the whole, I was with you in the meadow. Mm, and she loves that, yeah. which is weird. No, she, she puts the lotion on her skin. <laughs> I, was, I was with you in the meadow. She rubs the lotion on her skin. I was with you in the meadow. She rubs the lotion on her skin. <laughs> it's the same it is, thing. It's nearly the same it thing. Is. Yeah. yeah. In the meadow. Put the lotion on your skin. <laughs> uh, now we get a montage of married life with a time traveller, uh, which is bloody terrible. The amount of crockery that you go through married to a time traveller. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice montage. I don't mind it. Again. Is the toast line from Gomez earlier where he says, she can't cook, mate. She yeah. can't even Avoid. cook toast. <laughs> yeah. So they're laying plates for dinner, which arguably is not a moment where you're stressed, excited or anything. But is he stressed because she's cooked and he's stressed about having to eat shit? <laughs> Let's say yes. Because there's no other explanation. What, does he get stressed carrying a plate? Yeah. Is stress the trigger? I can't, I'm going to drop it. I'm gonna, uh, now I've gone. Being devil's advocate, is it the, the mundanity of these chores, these things? Like, you're not showing, oh, life with a time traveller is frustrating because at key crucial moments he disappears. 
it's just the usual humdrum of life, which is made even weirder by this disappearing man. That would work if it was coupled with a couple of more humdrum moments, but it's yeah. not. It's It goes from ugh, broken crockery to actual sadness, Christmas alone. Yeah. That feels sad. That's quite a sad moment in yeah, this montage. he ruins Christmas as he well. Does, he does ruin Christmas and New Year. And, and Claire's had enough. Uh, seems a little unfair, to be perfectly honest, because uh, she did know what she was getting into. She did, yes. She absolutely, from day one, well, day six years old, <laughs> she knew what she was getting into. Yeah. Um, but... I did wonder whether this is actually quite a savage and accurate dissection of marriage in the sense that she's annoyed now because once you're married, there's this increased expectation of what the relationship should deliver. Right. When in reality, it's just a word, just a certificate. Yeah. And nothing changes, which is why so many divorces happen, uh, because marriage doesn't equal change. So are we giving Bruce... His credit here, and what he's done is gone, yeah, she's right now, because they've got married, she's no longer happy with him disappearing as a time traveller, regardless of the fact he can't control well, it. do you know what, that is a really big point, and really interesting, because I don't feel that marriage is just for change, but that's my personal thing, that like, I liked seeing their, you know, their normal life, but I know that marriage is often portrayed in movies, especially as like, things will be different from here on in, things will be better or things will be, if they've been bad, that will smooth them over or things will be even happier. Mm. I don't think of it like that. I do just think of it as a piece of paper. And um, and so I didn't see that, but I understand that, that I'm in the minority maybe when it comes I guess, to like... I, I, guess it, I guess it depends. I think, you know, it's sort of like... For some people, unless you're having kids, unless you unless you get married before you have kids, because then you've got the having the kid to look forward to or, or the next sort of sea change in your life. But if yeah. you're not doing that, mm. you get married, and there is that suddenly sudden realization that that's sort of the final Step. stage yeah. of yeah. existence, and and this sort of like the reality of this is this mm. forever. Mm-hmm. Now we've crossed that threshold. Yeah might make you go, I'm not happy with this. Yeah, and also the excitement of the wedding as well. That's such a big distraction, isn't it? Like mm. planning a wedding. So, how does he make it up to her? He back to the future twos the shit out of this movie. <laughs> That's how you make it up to someone who's not happy with you being a time traveller. You fix the lottery. Mm. You go full Biff Tannen <laughs> on this movie and you fix the lottery. And no one says anything, though. Like, they've got friends who are not like, you won the lottery? That's <laughs> Like, congrats. I mean, is it me? Or I, I don't know. So, there's a weird justification in this moment where basically Henry sort of gives the idea that because... He's a time traveller. His life is difficult. And this is, in his opinion, compensation for the fact that he can't hold down a proper job, etc. So he's justified in doing this. Yeah. And you're like, right, but the comeuppance is going to be... But the the comeuppance is... <laughs> the, no, nothing. <laughs> but then I started thinking, well, you get into the whole time travel conundrum. Did he basically steal someone else's winning lottery numbers that night, pre- oh. prevent someone, or was it preordained that it was always Henry who was going to do that, cheat the system, and win the lottery that night? Well, now, the logic... Can you cheat luck? Like, it's not but, skill, so you can't... Oh, what am I trying to say? But if he hadn't travelled into the future uh, where he'd seen those winning numbers and then travelled back to the past... yeah. It Woods. might have been a rollover week, though. No one wins. So that's what I thought. Fine. Yeah. So everyone put it in happy. the script. <laughs> so yeah, five million dollars. 
We have a monetary amount in a film. It's time for our semi-regular feature. It's Vicky's Inflation Corner. Okay. All right. So the year he wins the lottery is 1994 in yeah. the film. It's $5 million. How much did he win in today's money? What, so that's 30 years ago, is that right? Is that 20 years ago? <laughs> 30. 30 years ago. $5 million. Uh, it's not as much as you think. I am going to, I'm just going to take a stab. I'm going to say $8 million. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You, you don't seem sure. No, but do you know what? what we were do talking... you not understand the rules? If a monetary amount is announced in a film, yeah. inflation I know, corner and I am will genuinely happen. interested. I am interested. I thought you said it was 3% a year or something. That's Oh, God, we go through this all the time. That's cost of living <laughs> increases. It's not inflation. It's not, right. not necessarily the same thing. They're indexed, but... People really, people tune in for Inflation Corner. Do they? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I did do, you asked me about an amount and I found myself looking it up at home in my own free time. And I was like, I'll message you. And I was to, like, what to am see I if doing? you were right. To see if you were no, right. No, because I hadn't done it and you were like, go and find out. And I was like, well, you, I will do actually. And then I was going to message you both and then I thought you don't care. So I didn't. But uh, I did find out. So. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, so they've won the lottery and here we go. We see Henry dying, appearing on the floor with a bullet wound. Yeah. little foreshadowing of his death. I mean, literal foreshadowing literal, of his death. Yeah, yeah. not a bit. So, uh, Claire is prego. Uh, they go and see Ned Ryerson. I, th- I found that so, so... It's so badly written in terms of, like, the reality of the situation. They go out on the terrace and they have a chat about him being shot. And she's like, this can't happen. Oh, my goodness, whatever. Insert dialogue here. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and it really can't happen. Because I'm pregnant. And it's like, what? They said, that is a not now love moment. You should have told him that this morning when you found out you were pregnant. You don't hold that information <laughs> to button an already tense exchange. <laughs> I just think that's so out of order. That is not good coupling. Can Ned Ryerson help? <laughs> um, no. So he says, I can help Henry. He says, I've got um, uh, epilepsy drugs uh, that will be able to help Henry. They, um, does he take them? Because do, nothing seems to change. The in whole the film. this scene it makes zero sense, and this is—I know how annoying this is—but just one of those things that irked me. Mm-hmm. Henry goes to see Dr. Kendrick and he's like, I, you need to take me seriously. What about the grant or whatever? And he's like, how could you possibly know? So he says, oh, if I'm, give me a brain scan. If you see nothing, I'll leave you alone. So he goes, okay, I'll give you a brain scan. Gives him an MRI and doesn't look at the screen. So it's like, have you taken him seriously or not? If you're taking it seriously, you would at least, he's watching the football or whatever. So yeah. you're not taking him seriously. But it's, I th- well, I don't think he is taking him seriously at that then point. Then why bother? Why bother giving yeah. him an MRI? Yeah. In the book, he predicts the size, weight, gender, of his baby, I think. I think um, Ned Ryerson. I've forgotten Kendrick. Uh, in the book, his he, uh, the doctor says his wife is pregnant with a little boy or a little girl, and it's the and Henry goes, it's the other, and he and it turns out to be Henry's oh, right. Nice. Mm. Oh, okay. But it's fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So. Ned Ryerson can help Henry. He can't uh, help the baby and Claire, though, because the drugs uh, will damage uh, the Be baby. Bad for the baby. Uh, so, and I just want to understand this next moment because, to my mind, this romantic drama conjures up one of cinema's truly most upsetting images, mm. which is that the fetus can time travel mm. and it time travels out of Claire to mm. another point in time. So at another point in time, there is an underdeveloped fetus lying, floor. dying yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Fuck 
me. I know. <laughs> what a fucking image. I know. It gets, it gets pretty serious. It does. It, I'll come back to it later, but I think the miscarriage stuff is, is well done for a film this lightweight, mm-hmm. as in it's not perfect, but I wasn't expecting any of that. I've had to, in my head, because it ups- the whole image of that upsets me so much, I've had to like attach it to another quite upsetting image where you find the remains of Voldemort, part of his Horcrux, in the <laughs> Deathly Hallows Part 2. They're on that white train station, and under the bench there's this weird little yeah. pink part of Voldemort. I'm thinking that, yeah. because even that weird, nasty moment in that film is better than this. Yeah, I thought they were going to say, oh, what's happened is... Logic, logic. It's tra- it's travelled to another person, Fine. so they end up with twins or something. But just the <laughs> idea of it being outside, just in the snow. That's what I kept seeing. Yeah. Just like this little thing. Oh, it's. I just can't believe they went there. Anyway, they're arguing now. He doesn't want a baby because Claire might die trying and we see a little girl on the street turn and smile. It's obviously their daughter. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Do we need it this early in the movie? I'm oh, so bemused by the fact they've put this here because you then know something that they don't know. And I'd point, argue yeah. the point where she says daddy in the natural oh, history Oh, you'd get music, more of a shock. You'd yeah. be like, I, it would be a gut punch. Oh, you're so right. I yeah. think they ruin it yeah. by foreshadowing it here. Agreed. Mm, okay, good. Good. Uh, so... This is bad Henry now, though. Henry's gone bad uh, because he has a secret vasectomy. That is so out of order. Even even the doctor is like, are you sure, mate? really out of order. Are you... Normally, but he doesn't give a shit about her feelings or thoughts or consent or anything. <laughs> like his body is his body, of course. It, it does tend to be a conversation between two people that want to have a baby rather than him just running off and doing it. But he reads her diary, he grooms her from she's six. Of course, he's not going to like talk to her about it because he doesn't give a shit what she mm. thinks. Like she's allowed to be furious. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's that thing, you know, there's that script writing thing where it's like you put a negative, then a positive, like mm-hmm. an upbeat and then a downbeat. This is two downbeats in a row because he, first of all, he basically goes, uh, secret vasectomy. <laughs> and then he travels back straight yeah. after the vasectomy and grabs her face. Yeah. And, I mean, she's a young adult, Claire, thankfully, although it wouldn't surprise me at this point if the movie went somewhere else, <laughs> grabs her face and forcefully kisses her. Yeah. And that's their first kiss. Their first kiss is so bonkers. And then they have a second kiss, which is nice. But you're like, no, 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 no. The first kiss was still a violent face grabber. Yeah, and it's horrible. And then, so in her head, that's their first kiss. Yep. And yet she goes to meet him in the library at the start and she's like, oh, it's really you, you're really here. And it's like, this dude in your head would be like, mm, I'm me, I'm not sure about this. Like, yeah. danger, danger. Uh, but grooming, <laughs> you know, yeah, she powerful. can't see it. She it's powerful. cannot see it. <laughs> So uh, he comes back after the, the face grabby kiss to the now. And uh, once again, the movie's unintentional catchphrase. I was with you in the meadow. <laughs> Buds the lotion on his skin. I was with you in the meadow. Uh, so uh, Claire goes out and shags young Henry. Good for her. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but then that's young Henry. Because I didn't realise that at first. I thought maybe he'd had the vasectomy reversed because... <laughs> well, no, bear with me because the whole thing about Henry has been oh do you prefer old Henry because he's more mature and he seems a bit more worldly wise and that happens at the wedding as well he says do you prefer him or whatever so then when the, the Henry popped up I was like oh this is still old Henry because I can't tell them apart uh, for whatever reason so then I was like oh maybe he had it reversed and so that's how you have the baby but then she said oh no I saw you pre the operation and young Henry there is like super chill in the car and he says oh the Henry you're with is a bit of a dick so but that's young Henry in the car mm. it, does that made no sense to me yeah yeah I mean I was starting to sort of unpick and go aha 
Aha, but old Henry would know that. But he does remember that night in the car. He just didn't know it was the same night as... pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get the moment, which I do, you know, I've been a little bit down on this movie, but I was enjoying it because it's bonkers. Um, I like the bit where his daughter goes, Daddy! Yeah. It got me. I felt my heartstrings getting tugged then. Yeah. Uh, she's a time traveller too, but she's better than him. Yeah, but she... she's going to continue in the footsteps of her father by ruining his life again, <laughs> which he deserves, frankly. Yeah. And neither of them can control their mouths, basically. She can, <laughs> she can control time travel, but she can't control the mouth. She's like, Dad, you're going to die when I'm five. <laughs> oh, wait, Oops. hang on. You said not to tell you that, but... Fuck it. Like father, like daughter, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, fifth around my fifth birthday, watch out. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> she obviously tells him. Uh, she then tells young her. She, yeah, she ruins her up, own life. Yeah, she, goes, she goes, by the way, your dad's going to die when you're five. Do you think I think the I only get person, it? The only person she doesn't tell is her mum. Uh... Because Henry tells her not to. Because what does Henry like? Yeah. Secrets with little girls. <laughs> Loves them. That's his thing. Don't tell your mum. The bit where she's talking to Henry in the park, or the museum, sorry, and the teacher is like, Alba, get over here, because the teacher is the audience. We're like, do not, there's a young, please, 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 there's a young man talking to my pupil. Mm. That's no good. But, clever, the film does get around that because he's stolen a police officer's uniform. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) I think it's like, it's fine, she's talking to a cop. I did notice that the nakedness... So it doesn't seem to have troubled Alba so much, which is obviously brilliant because you don't want that. But do you know what I mean? It's I didn't in even there. Think of yeah. That. So there's no naked children popping up because Jesus we, Christ. I know, and I think they get around it because they're like, oh, her dad taught her to pick locks. But oh, I don't know. I mean, why? Why is she not popping up and in need of clothes? But thank God that that's not there. Weirdly, it's what they don't put on screen that is even more troubling, though. Yeah. Because now, I mean, that's that's going to be in there as yeah. well, along with dead fetuses in the snow. <laughs> yep. Jesus. I know. What a movie. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to lie. It all got a bit confusing for me now. So he appears naked on the floor in almost exactly the same position as when he's been shot. But this time he hasn't been shot. He's got frostbite. Yes. And then he's confined to a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. In the book, he loses his feet. But in this, he doesn't. He's confined to a wheelchair. And then he's in the snow in the front garden on New Year's Eve and sees himself dying. Basically, I think this, this whole thing... The takeaway we're meant to have is New Year's Eve's when he's going to die. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. So just the fireworks and... Sure. Okay, uh, so... (laughs) The best bit. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, imagine filming it and being like, beautiful guys, well done, that's a wrap. And it's like... I'm singing with, I'm not going to time travel. It's like two actors, one who is a child, in fairness. But it's just so, people singing in films, unless it's sister act or unless it's like, we're going to sing, it's generally awful. And this is a prime example of the most creepiest thing you've ever seen that's meant to be sweet. And also, it's it's just weird because he does it this once, then refuses to do it again. And even in this moment where she goes, sing, and he sings... And it makes him time travel. It does, yeah. What's going on? It doesn't even work. (laughs) Uh, So we get this powerful moment uh, where he tells Claire, and I thought this was a good scene, tonight's the night. Because that's a big thing. In in a movie, in this relationship, to tell your partner, I've found out that tonight is the night I am going to die. Yes. So see you. See you later. But I will see you later. I will continue to ruin your life from beyond the grave, because you can't even grieve. Yep. 
And just as you sort of think, though, this movie is going to end on a bit of a gut punch, an emotional gut punch. It does what I can only describe as the balmiest thing (laughs) it could possibly do, where Henry appears next to a stag and accidentally gets shot by his father-in-law, <laughs> and that's how he dies. Well, let's look Am at Am I it. missing something? I, my question is, is it supposed to be funny? Because it's really funny, but I don't think it's supposed to be, but it's hilarious. But is, there, is there some sort of, ah, uh, well, of course it would be as far... It could always be this but way, it, yeah. What is, I don't get it. Am I missing something? Is it Because it cannot just be like, well, that's an awkward coincidence. <laughs> it can't be. It, no, but it can't be. It can't be, but maybe it's in the book. The book was so massive that I'm assuming that when it was being adapted, the people were like, do you know what? We don't need to put everything in because people know it. The, the people that are going to go and see this film have read the book, so don't worry about it too much. I don't know if anyone worry. watched it like us. Just worry, though. I know. Well, that is like, fuck there's no hell. karma. There's no, you didn't learn your lesson. You weren't even trying to do anything special. Like, if only Dr. Kendrick had gone, if you just, well, fuck it, clench your fists, you might pop up somewhere else and he's like oh do you know what I'll try and do that oh oops I got shot it's just it was his time I guess I know it, it is it's not good it's it, poor it, it ends on just an unlucky mate oops, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unlucky wrong place wrong time Jesus Christ yeah, oh maybe no. that's it wrong place wrong time yeah maybe it's as simple as that yeah it's still bullshit <laughs> uh, thankfully we do get the hug in the meadow at the very end which is nice I like that they run towards each other and nope. I was I, really you didn't like it I don't like I, it because I thought he was going to disappear and it was going to be like one of those sort of bittersweet endings they saw each other yep. but they could never ever quite hug he'd always disappear just before they hug but the fact they get to hug I was like all, oh, all I'm right, seeing fine. is a woman who's lost her husband and she has a young child to raise now she needs to be able to grieve and move on there needs to be some uh, permission for her to be able to say to him I, I'm very pleased to see you, but I won't always be because I do need to move on with my life. But you should come and see your daughter as much as you want. But we cannot remain a couple forever because you're fucking dead. <laughs> and all I see there is she's like, I'll see you next time. And, I'll, and it's, I think it's really cruel. Like, she can't move on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and then, uh, c'est fini. <laughs> the film is finished. That is it. <laughs> yeah. We're done. It was a massive smash, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't a massive, 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 massive. Actually, I think it cost about thirty-nine million, made just over a hundred million. Okay. So you know, I mean, about time it only cost twelve million. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a hit. Yeah, it was a it hit. It did the job. It did the job. Do you want to do the bits? Yeah. All right. What is your best scene in The Time Traveller's Wife? Now, you're not going to like this because it's weird for me to pick it and it's it's not the most obvious choice necessarily. Uh, Colour me intrigued. <laughs> but when she's, she's having multiple miscarriages and that is really upsetting and you don't really need this scene, which is, I wonder, so they must have kept it to be like, we're going to do a serious thing here, which is he has to wake her up when she's had a miscarriage and you see all the blood on the white sheets and oftentimes when filmmakers, they do depict... The, the you know they shy away from the reality of it because often you know you'll get a woman like clutching her womb and going ah and then that's kind of it and it isn't really like that in real life and this film is like super lightweight and that was quite a heavy moment and I I just appreciated that okay that's it you're right that was unexpected <laughs> that was unexpected so uh, let me uh, regain parity sure. on this show in yeah. terms of tone yeah um, it's daddy in the natural history museum <laughs> yeah, that's the right choice yeah i think it is yeah. I, i've never before thought there was a, a right answer to that but there is there, <laughs> yeah. there really it's is. not a bit of miscarriage in the bed <laughs> fair enough uh okay most valuable whatever i'll start can be anything 
anything in this movie. <laughs> it's right. It's obviously Rachel McAdams. Um, uh, it was almost my best scene when she first meets Henry in the library. It was almost my best scene, and that's all down to her and her face acting. I think she's really good in this, and I think you're right. You said at the start she lifts the material. Yep. I don't agree she lifts it on Thursday's show, uh, but I do. She has this. a goal, though, doesn't she? I think she does have a goal. I will remove one item of clothing for every decision oh you make. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Go to jail, Richard Curtis. Prison for you. <laughs> Do you want to see these puppies? Run! <laughs> Run, Donald Gleeson! Run for your life! Oh, Thursday's going to be fun. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so Rachel McAdams, what's yours? Mine is Rachel McAdams. Uh, also, I wish uh, Ned Ryerson was in it more. I just did more with him. It's w- a real shame. I wish he did something. Yeah, be a doctor, whatever. <laughs> or have someone listen to you. I, I can help. All right, I'm not going to do just that. Just because she says so, she's like, Dr. Kendrick will help you. He won't. <laughs> Absolutely won't do a thing. Yeah, I mean, he's set up as this, like, this beacon this of light. This this thing, yeah, mm. this thing to get towards that can fix our problems. I thought Henry was going to end up like in an institute and he was going to become this cool, like, space, time travelling, like, experiment because of this genius Dr. Kendrick. Mm. And he's just this man in an office who happens to have access to a, a body scanner. No. In fairness, I don't think the book does a whole lot more with Dr. Kendrick. Um, the only thing I could find out is that he makes some mice that can time travel as well. Cool. That's it. Okay. So, big one. What? Would you change about the time traveller's wife? I've got a few, and we've really done them all. So I I think I could do with a scene where he at least pretended to think about not going to see her when she's six, where he's like, oh, that could be bad, but I'm drawn to do it anyway. Because I don't... She walks into his life when he's at a bad point because he's drinking whiskey and tea. That's the film thing of, like, this man is sliding downwards or whatever. So then she walks into his life, and she's a breath of fresh air, and she's so gorgeous, and she's Rachel McAdams. And she says, you went to see me in the meadow. And I wish he went. I don't think I should because that sounds bad, but I can't resist because if I don't do it, I'll lose you. So Yeah. And also, actually, maybe we've been looking at this all wrong because he never gets to pick where he time travels to. So he never chose to go to the meadow, but perhaps what he should have done is go to the meadow and not go, psst, hey, (laughs) hey, you, kid. Hey, little girl. What does he say as well? It's, it's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll tell you why. It's even more creepy. Go on. Oh, there was a show with Jake Lacey and Colin Hanks. It's uh, my na- it's something about the neighbour. Anyway, it's about a neighbour who grooms a kid, right. and it's a re- it's a true story. I think it was on Paramount Plus or Peacock. And anyway, in it, the 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 guy who grooms his neighbour's daughter uh, grooms her by pretending that they've been abducted by aliens and they have to be together. And the first thing Eric Banner says is, "Hello, Earthling." <gasps> In this, and it, that's what made me think, on top of everything else, yeah, double creepy. A, a special bond. And my biggest change is actually, which we have spoken about, you know, this privileged girl has been dismissed her entire life because she's, uh, her parents think she's bonkers because she keeps banging on about this man in the field. And mm. she's lived her whole life being treated like you would treat someone like that. And then she gets really mad because she's like, look, it's fucking true. And she breaks out of her shell of this like crazy sort of privileged world, whatever. And that doesn't happen at all. You know nothing about her. And thank God she's Rachel McAdams. Otherwise, I don't know if it'd be watchable, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I also have a couple. Go on. Uh, so, uh, my first one. Uh, this is about the bullshit father-in-law shooting him end, <laughs> which is just bullshit. So, we've established Henry doesn't like hunting when he tells his dad that Philip is a Republican 
and a hunter. Mm -hmm. But he's also said, I'll go hunting with you, Philip. So he does. They spot a stag. Henry has a clear shot, but intentionally misses this stag because he doesn't want to kill a stag. And, And then he goes back. And he tells Claire, yeah, I intentionally missed the stag. Okay. And then at the end, you find out he missed the stag. And shot himself! Yes! Oh my God, that's amazing! Oh my God! Right! That's so good! So Henry kills Henry! Brilliant! Right? Yes, right! But by also doing a good thing by not killing an animal, he misses on purpose and kills himself! Brilliant! There you go. You're welcome, Bruce. (laughs) Uh, But better than that, better than even that... Even that slice of genius yep. saved a movie because this movie is not my tempo. <laughs> I really wish the second half went totally off the reservation. So, Alba, their kid, who they only know is their kid because she tells them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and also for a kid, she has a lot of agency. She tells people stuff. So, she she's got she's a, lot, a lot of agency. So, you see her telling her younger self secrets, making Henry try and sing to stop time traveling, which actually makes him travel quicker and end up getting frostbite. <laughs> I think we should do an evil leaper from Quantum Leap situation <laughs> where she is evil, like Damien from The Omen, yeah. and can travel through time. Great. So. She's one of the earlier pregnancies yeah. that Claire miscarried. Yeah. So she time traveled out of the womb, mm-hmm. but she survived. Right. She survived, but she's not in their life because they've got a real kid and yeah. she's jealous yeah. of that kid. And so she decides she's going to kill the kid mm-hmm. and take its place because she wants vengeance because she's like an orphan in her time. Uh-huh. Okay. So she's doing all is that. There more? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, the final act is a chase through time. Right. Okay. Where evil Alba has set up a series of final destination style traps yeah. in these moments <laughs> right. that Henry has to stop them killing Claire and their unborn child. Cool. I like that. Right? It's a whole movie though, so write it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. You're welcome. Shall we, shall we go back to Henry killing himself? <laughs> sure. I did like that. All right. That is us done. You did it. Do you want to do a quiz? Uh, no. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So, let's look ahead to next week. Obviously, we're back on Thursday talking about time. Can't wait for that. But next week, it's my choices. And the clue for next week's pairing, get ready. That heist was carnage. (laughs) That heist was carnage. There's your clue. Uh, Get on Twitter. We are at ClashPod if you want to have a guess at what next week's movies are. Uh, That is it for this episode. Please do subscribe if you haven't done already on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check in with us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Subscribe on YouTube for some visual clash. We'll be back on Thursday talking about time and revealing the winner. Till then, have a great week. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. People of the US, great news. The Formula One Circus is coming to Miami this weekend and we've got everything you need to know on P1 with Matt and Tommy, the Formula One podcast from Stack. It doesn't matter if you're an F1 veteran or hardly watch a race. If you want a fun breakdown of the biggest stories from this weekend's race, we've got you covered. 
Join us for previews and reaction episodes from practice, qualifying and the race itself, plus our full Driver Rankings podcast early next week. You'll be armed with enough info to make you look like a bona fide expert when the race rolls back around next year, or at least when you see your friends next week. Search P1 with Matt and Tommy in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now.